We we are a bit different in, in many ways, uh, and, and we've we've talked about that uh, several times. Whereas people of faith, there is a little bit of peculiarity to us that on Sunday mornings here we are that we gather together, um, and and in fact there's very little there's very little in the world that supports us in, in doing just that. Certainly, all of us have made the decision to be here, have been called here. We've turned down the invitations to brunch or the invitations to our nice, warm, comfortable bed that we could have stayed in to be here. Because we are people who have a hope. It's not the fact that we gather together once a week or that we gather together here on Sunday mornings that makes us different. It's that we have a hope. The rest of the world, organized religion or not, spends a great deal of its time deciding, struggling, and trying to figure out what it is that they believe. And it changes from day to day, from week to week. To answer the question what it is that they believe will just depend on how they feel at the moment. But for us, to answer what it is that we believe is to express words of hope. That we believe in a God who creates, who makes and sustains not just us, but everybody, all people, and this world. To say our confession is to believe in a God who creates and a God who redeems. Who comes in His personhood, full God and full man, to reach into the depths that we have, the humanity, the sinfulness, the despair that we can feel, and redeems it and brings it to life. To confess that we have a God who creates, who redeems, and who reigns in power, who sits in judgment and promises to come back. For many of us, this is actually a great statement of hope because we, we live in a world oftentimes where the justice and the judgment that is given, we know to be incorrect. Sometimes the justice comes down too hard, sometimes it never comes at all. The judges in our life never offer the verdict to us that we think we deserve or should get. The justice of this world oftentimes separates families apart or ends a life before it ever had the chance to begin. The justice and judgments of this world oftentimes can run awry from what we know to be the actual truth. And I think I can speak for all of us when I say that we are tired of it. We are tired of what the world can offer us in this department. We've talked about how we find our identity, not just in the confession, but but in the God who has come to save us. And, And part of the judgments that the world has to offer us are the very labels it places on us. The labels of the sins that we struggle with. The labels of the guilt that we have. 
the labels of the, the arguments that we've made in the past, the, the indiscretions that we've created or our parents created or our ancestors have made. But to hear that we actually have a God, a God who is ruler and judge of all, and is coming back, brings with us a little sweet good news. Now, I, I am, in fact, a Lutheran. And there's no question about that. And that means that that I know what I bring to the table. What I bring to the table with God. That to have a judge for many is something that they fear and that they run away from. And in fact, there's been many times in my life and there are many times in your life where to understand that there is a judge is something that creates an overwhelming guilt. Something that is hard to struggle with, even feels suffocating at times to have. And certainly as a Lutheran, we are very good at at proclaiming ourselves to be that poor, miserable sinner. But remember how our Lord has come to sit on that judgment seat. That it was by way of His cross. That as we struggle with that guilt, that as we remember the sins of our past and who we are, our Lord has reached in and forgiven those as well. And so for you, for me, for any that come here and struggle with hearing that we have a judge, know that you you are someone who stands in front of that judge and hear the words of forgiveness. Hear the words of grace. I'm going through a, a, a class on, on leadership with our, our district, and I'm not sure if they put it me in it because they knew I needed the class or to affirm me. But one of the books that they, they have us reading is, is a book called Integrity. And I said to my wife the other night that there is nothing like reading a book titled Integrity to find out that you really don't have any. Or certainly at times in your life you have not had integrity. And she, like a good Lutheran, knew what to say. In Jesus, that's been done away with. Well, after I scoffed and called that simplistic, (laughs) it was the truth. That our Lord has come to be our ruler and judge by paving the way for us to be forgiven, for us to receive mercy, for us to actually stand in front of a judge in awe and thankfulness. And to know that what we go through now, the sorrows that can be produced by this world and its sin, the judgments and justice that has been handed down that we know to be perverted many, many times, will one day be done away with. Now we will have a judge who will pronounce things to be true and righteous. Who will be able to take those who are guilty and to wipe away their tears. 
who will look at this world where we have seen death come time and time again and bring life to it. That as having a God who is judge, we have a judge who is merciful and right. This is a powerful and important thing to us because we know the victims of this world. Sometimes it's been us, but many times it's those that are sitting next to us. That if it were left up to the world, that those that are the victims of all the atrocities and all of the hatred and all of the brokenness in this world, they would be left to fend for themselves. But because we have a judge, because we know that there is justice coming, we can actually sit down next to them and cry along with them. We can actually share the words of comfort that one day the tears will be wiped away and all things will be made right again. When the disciples were were standing there and watching the Lord ascend up into heaven, they they stood there in awe and even had to be told to go, to go and do. And as they went out and they, they spoke about the Lord who had been taken up into heaven, they always did so in referencing the fact he went up to heaven so that he could come back. So that he could come again so that he could sit on that throne with the promise that one day he will return for us. And as they went out with that message proclaiming that promise to be true, they spoke of the kingdom of God and it's coming to us now. That as our king sits on that throne in heaven and rules in his judgment, He does so so we don't have to go to Jerusalem to find him. I don't have to go to a temple far off to try and find some experience that will tell me about him. But I find his throne and his kingship and his kingdom beginning here and being pronounced here. That with words of his rulership, his lordship, Hearts are changed, minds are transformed, and justice begins to be pronounced. And the justice that we bring to this world is the justice of God that says, all who call on his name will be forgiven. That all who seek comfort in the Lord will be comforted and redeemed. That all who die with his name on their hearts and on their minds will one day be raised to eternal life. That the kingdom we belong in is a kingdom that will never end. The throne, the kingdom, the ruling is now. I remember hearing an interview of one of the, the doctors who... who accepted the mission being handed out to to go to Ebola-stricken Africa. 
And he was being interviewed by, by the radio, and as uh, the interview went on, the doctor was asked the question of, uh, what was it, how was it that he was actually able to be there and to put himself in, in such risk for these other people? And his answer was because, because he had hope. He had hope that the Lord would show his might and his justice. And he knew that one of the ways the Lord could do it was through his hands. And so every day the doctor said he he got up and he said a prayer for the Lord to show his power, his might, his kingship. And then he put on the gloves and he went to work. Eventually that doctor did contract the disease. And, and he did make a recovery and asked later as a follow-up interview, did he still have that hope? And his answer was yes. Yes. Because the Lord was still king and he was still judge. The disciples understood that same sentiment. Knowing that they had a God who ascended They went out bearing his name and bearing his kingdom and all of them pretty much knowing that what it meant for them was death. Yet their message was full of hope. It was full of promise and it was full of future. Because they were not waiting and they were not bearing the confessions of the world who spoke of only things that they could see and enrich. But they knew their hope was taken up and captivated by a king who actually ruled and ruled in justice. We go out in that same hope. We go out using our hands to show the furtherance of this kingdom and using our words to pronounce the justice of God, which is the forgiveness of sins. always bearing a hope that those words will not return empty, that those actions will help bring about a seed in somebody's heart, and that our future, our future is not that grave, but, but is one of eternal life and a kingdom that lasts forever. That is your future. That is my future That's the work of our king and our judge. Amen.